0: Hey guys, um, welcome to this episode. Just wanna give you a heads up before we get into it. Um, we are talking about the movie Teeth today and there is a lot of graphic sexual assault in this movie. We will be discussing sexual assault and rape um, as part of this episode today. If that's not something you can handle and you wanna skip this episode, that's totally fine. We'll catch you on the next one. And otherwise, welcome. <laughs> So, hey, Maddie. Yeah. Um, I've been thinking a lot uh, about Vaginas? a movie... <laughs> about a movie that's very dear to my heart. Okay. Um, It's a fantastic female revenge movie. It's about a, a young woman who's taken advantage of by a, a man that she's enamored with uh, and ultimately uses her body to enact violent, gory revenge on the men around her.
1: Oh, my God. That sounds so familiar.
0: Yeah. So, um... The movie that I am thinking about, uh, as you may have guessed, is, of course, um, Jennifer's Body. Of course. Which has also been on my mind because of this fucking movie that we watched for this podcast. Oh, dear
1: God. Uh,
0: which is the movie Teeth. Um, yeah, so the description
1: Maggie just gave, other than the word fantastic, can easily
0: be attributed to either of those movies. Yeah. But what is so much better than the other one? It's true. Um, For those of you who don't know what's happening right now, uh, this is a new episode of Saturday the the 14th. 14th. Uh, I am Maggie. And I am Maddie. And we didn't like this movie. No.
1: um, It was really uncomfortable.
0: Yeah. uh, Not just
1: for me, but also for my
0: fiancé. Yeah, it was uncomfortable for my fiancé as well. It was also uncomfortable for me. I watched it last night, which is unusual. Normally, I try to watch the movies pretty far in advance so that I can look into things on them. Um, I put this off... For so long because I didn't want to watch it because I knew it would make me really uncomfortable. So I've been really busy all week. Um, I had, like, an alumni event
1: earlier. I was supposed to go to Dodgeball last night but ended up skipping it to watch this movie. Um, Had something going on on Monday night. It's just been, like, a long week. And so I was like, okay, I'll do research and, like, reread the synopsis before watching it. And then I did that and I was like, oh, wait, I don't actually want to watch this anymore. Yeah. And I liked this in college. Yeah. I think I... I think, one, um, feminism was very different in 2009 than it is in
0: 2019. It definitely was. We were much younger. I think we were still sort of feeding into that not-like-the-other-girls bullshit. Oh, 100%. But I know we both leaned on real hard when we were yeah, college students. Yeah, I'm just like the other girls. I'm, I'm exactly like every other girl. Yeah. not a, you know. I like to be like all the other girls because other girls are also very cool. Yep. Um,
1: but definitely when I was 18 and edgy, I did not feel
0: that way. Oh, yeah, no, and it was like, ooh, it's about vagina dentata, isn't it? crazy, and there's so much blood, and people get their dicks bitten off. Honestly, anything with a lot of blood
1: I probably would have liked back then.
0: Yeah, and I mean, listen, I still love bloody movies, and like I just mentioned, Jennifer's Body, that is a very gory movie. There's blood all over that We actually saw that
1: in theaters together in college. We did, didn't we? Yeah.
0: I always forget how many horror movies we watched together during college. We really did. Like, I forgot that we watched this movie together originally, because I watched it a couple years ago, um, and I didn't really like it, and I... Why did you put it on
1: our list of movies to review? Did I or did you? You did. I did not do this.
0: Why did I do that to myself? <laughs> that must have been, it must have been on like a list or something that I felt like we needed to use as a reference. I don't know why I did that. I'm I even thought for you horror did it. I thought you did it. I was like slightly mad at you this whole week. Oh, no. <laughs> not really. I promise. Not really. <laughs> I mean, I am. Um, you can be mad at me. It's okay. No, I'm mad at you. I wasn't me now. mad at
1: you. I just thought you were like trying to go for
0: a wide array of movies. I do kind of think that that is also part of it. Cause not every movie, like we can't just watch the horror movies that you and I like, because then all we would watch is supernatural movies and slasher movies and stay alive on repeat and stay alive over and over and over and over again. I mean, nothing will ever be better than Jimmy Simpson and stay alive. So. I saw Jimmy Simpson in the West Hollywood target once. I'm so jelly. I stared at him. <laughs> for like way longer than I should have you I think sh- he noticed and I really didn't want him to but like I'm I'm pretty sure that he noticed. you should have asked him who farted I wonder if he ever thinks about that like if I had said that to him right this is what I, I wonder with celebrities sometimes is like if I had gone up to Jimmy Simpson at this target and really thrown my don't talk to celebrities in public rule completely out the window and been like hey Jimmy who farted would he have been like this woman like stay alive or <laughs> Would he have been like why is this lunatic probably- screaming at me in target He probably would not have remembered, but
1: I do have a habit of tweeting at him at least once a year about Stay Alive. Incredible. Hoping that he will someday just be like, leave me alone, or like, I hate that movie. (laughs) But unfortunately, we can't sit around and talk about Stay Alive all day, because we already have an episode on that movie. Yeah, we do. I mean, we need to uh,
0: talk about this shit show. Yeah. Okay, so we haven't really covered the rape revenge category or subgenre yet. There are a lot of rape revenge movies in horror. There are a ton. I
1: actually bought an entire book about rape revenge films today. Nice. And I
0: mean, it mentions a lot of horror movies. Yeah, I mean, there's. uh, I think Last House on the Left is super iconic. I Spit on Your Grave is very iconic. I have not seen either of those because I try not to watch. Yeah, I have a hard time stomaching rape scenes, so I haven't really seen either of them. But
1: uh, I mean, you could say that uh, The Hills Have Eyes. There's a rape revenge ele- like element to
0: it, it's for not, sure. She doesn't
1: really, I guess she does take revenge, yeah. She gets some
0: revenge. She, she doesn't does. get a lot of revenge. I was revenge, thinking but more like
1: her family avenges her more yeah. than she does, but she takes some actions. She
0: does. She takes some people out with her, or tries to. Um, yeah, and I think a lot of them tend to be slashers more than anything else, because usually it's like the rape victim goes on like a killing spree to like take out the people who are responsible for what happened to her. And I I don't know, would you call this a slasher? I mean, some things get slashed. That's, that is, I guess, (laughs) true. I don't think I'm, I don't really know other than, like, rape revenge and, I guess, technically horror comedy.
1: It's not really funny and it's not really horror. It's horror. And it's not even really rape revenge because she's not actively taking revenge on people on purpose. Not for
0: a while.
1: And even then, when she does eventually like choose to use her vagina dentata to get revenge for things, that revenge is not for
0: rape, right? Because you're right. When she kills, yeah, so, we'll get into it more. But the one the one scene where she really goes out and decides to use her body to get revenge is not for yeah, it's not for an assault. So or rape. it's not
1: really any category of movie. It's just
0: depressing and gross. I and had a very hard time with its categorization as horror comedy. And that's what I see everywhere. It's referred to as a dark comedy. And there are funny moments, I guess, in this movie. There are a couple of really good moments. And the actress, um, Jess
1: Wixler, is amazing. Like She plays oh, she's this fantastic so well. She actually won an award for her performance in this, understandably so. Um, and there's like two or three moments when I was like, okay, I'll laugh at that. Like, that was funny. But, like, Midsummer also has a lot of really. I would say Midsummer is a funnier movie than this one. Mo- oh, 100%. I think Midsummer is 100% a horror comedy. But I don't think that that's how it's getting marketed. No, I don't think people think that horror comedies will make money. And, like, if you think about the new. Uh wedding horror movie coming out uh till death do I uh, ready or not ready or not there we go different be movie. Great. yeah so ready or not is kind of being filmed a little bit like that also yeah. has uh, my love adam brody who's also in jennifer's body that's true adam brody has
0: straight up looked exactly the same for
1: like except his face years. is just like a little gaunter and a little hairier i think he grew up facial hair so he didn't look like seth cohen anymore probably
0: yeah Um, Okay, so Teeth was released in 2007. Yeah, it um, first premiered, I think, at Sundance. Where it apparently did very well.
1: Yeah, people liked it a lot. They Um, did. I don't get it.
0: (laughs) I get it for 2007. That's true. Again, you're right. We're looking at this through 2019 eyes. We did like it when we watched it when we were younger. There are good... I do want to say, there are good themes in this movie. There are good intentions in this movie. There There are. The idea behind it is solid the execution of it is not, which there, we'll get into as we talk about there it. There
1: are just a lot of little pieces missing that would have made this from, like, a, cr- like it's kind of cringy now. Like, oh, man, I see what they're trying to do, and they're just not getting it right. Yeah. And a couple of small changes would have taken that to, like, oh, this is actually a good movie. Yeah.
0: So it came out in 2007. It was written... It was written and directed
1: by Mitchell Lichtenstein, who is the son of Roy Lichtenstein, who is the
0: uh, famous pop artist. There is a lot about this movie that says, I am a rich guy whose dad has money. Yeah. So that makes a lot of sense to me. I think it was like chosen. I think it was self-funded. Probably. Or um,
1: it was from like either that or like private investors. It wasn't a studio movie. Do you know how old uh, Mitchell Lichtenstein was when he made this movie?
0: I really hope he was like in his 20s. 50s.
1: That makes it so much creepier. Doesn't it?
0: Yeah. It's all about a teen girl's body. Yeah. It's about like a 16-year-old getting repeatedly raped. Yeah. Yeah. It was made by a man in his late 40s to early 50s, depending on shooting versus release. Um, This movie stars Jess Wexler. Who
1: is Dawn. And like we said, she is amazing in this. She's fantastic. It stars uh, John Hensley. Is that the brother? That is the brother, yeah. Yeah. So I know him from Nip Tuck. Where he also plays, like, the shittiest human being. I
0: think he just has, like, a douchebag face.
1: Yeah. Like, there's
0: something about his face that just makes him unlikable. There is. Which is weird, because I felt like he did, like, good, vulnerable acting, which was even weirder, because his character, that doesn't really work with his character. He has nice eyebrows.
1: He does. He has great eyebrows. And pretty eyes. He does. And then, like... In this movie, the worst, most stereotypical, ugliest tribal tattoos. Oh, my God. They're so
0: fake. They're so fake. They're super fake, but also, like, horrible. They're really ugly. They look like they bought them at, like, a costume store. They probably did. They probably did, yeah. It was a low-budget movie. Um, It also stars Josh Pace, uh, Hale Appleman, Ashley Springer, and Lenny Von Dolan. And uh, this movie was made for a good $2 million. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of prosthetics (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot of fake penises that sometimes look like they're just, like, gummies. Yeah. But they, I mean, they obviously had to spend some money on that. Yeah.
1: Um, But then it made, like, $2.3 million internationally.
0: Which is not great. No. I mean, I doubt that it had a big marketing budget, but still, like, not strong.
1: I'm torn between people not wanting to market this movie and not wanting to do much with it. Either because they don't like the idea of, like, a woman taking control of her own body and taking revenge on the men who did her wrong, or if it's just because it's, like, not that great of a movie at times. I think
0: it's probably both, and I think that it's probably—I mean, I don't know. I'm sure that there are a lot of elements of, like, sexism and misogyny that went into people not liking this movie, but also I think that, like, at a certain point, like— it's a very gory movie that's mostly about genital mutilation. Like, regardless of how you feel about feminism, that's a hard sell for a lot of people. A
1: lot of close-ups of, like, penises being... Just, mutilated by, yeah. by, like, animals, though? Like, there's a scene where there's, yeah. like, a crab on one. And a
0: dog. And then a dog eats one later. Like, It's like, you don't need to think that this movie is either too feminist or not feminist enough to just not want to see a bloody stump of a penis. Yeah. You don't need to see that if you don't want to see it. It's fine.
1: No. But anyway, I guess we should uh, finally get into this.
0: Yeah. Okay. Um, so we start off with a bit of like a, not a, I guess it's not a flashback. It's just a much earlier scene. Um, and we see little tiny Dawn, who is maybe two. I thought she three. was like four. I don't know how old kids are. I don't know either. Um, and her older, soon to be stepbrother. It looks like he's like nine or so. Yeah, maybe seven. I don't know. I don't know how how old kids are. But either way, they're
1: both young. (laughs) And he is a handful of years older than her.
0: Yeah. And he can talk and stuff like that. And so. um, He's just being rude and like
1: insulting her. And his dad's like, hey, be nice to your sister. He's like, she's not my sister. And he's like, well, not yet, but hopefully soon. Yeah. And so it's like, oh, the mom and the dad are in love. And like. Well, stepdad for her, yeah. it seems. Um, but yeah, they're in love and like want to be together. There's also a power plant
0: nearby, which they're just like ominous shots of all the yeah, time. Yeah, I think that that's supposed to like explain why her mom is sick and also where her vagina dentata yes, came from. I agree. But they don't bring it up. They could just as easily have saved themselves some money and not superimposed those giant smokestacks in like every single scene. Also, like, there was black smoke coming out of it most of the time, which is not what happens at nuclear power plants because it's steam. It just doesn't need to be that. Like, I just don't know why they included that i'm so confused they even could have just referenced that there's like a power plant in a neighboring town and not shown it if they really like there's no reason for it to be there yeah
1: or they didn't even mention what how the mom was sick they just mentioned that she was sick
0: yeah she's sick and she has pain and that is all that they talk about about whatever's wrong with her yeah so uh the
1: brother whose name is brad brad he uh which is just like the ultimate douchey he's such a brad yeah he is not all brads are bad but i have a real bad brad cousin who is named brad and he's great yeah but i feel like brad is a good like go-to not a great person name it's just easy he turns back around to his sister and they're like in the pool together and he's like okay now let's see yours Mm -hmm. and uh very implying they were playing like doctor yeah i'll show you mine you show me yours gross And then he, like, yelps kind of with pain and pulls his finger out from under the water where you couldn't see it. And it's bleeding.
0: Yeah. I wonder what happened. What could it have been? And then it's just, like, a black screen that says teeth. Yeah. And then we cut to a, like, 16-year-old Dawn um, speaking in class. And she is part of the whole purity culture rodeo. Not a real rodeo. Just a weird cult. Shit. I grew up on the
1: west coast which is specifically in Los Angeles which is pretty liberal you know. Yeah. Um but I was talking to Paul about this who's from the Midwest and he was saying that he felt like this was a big comment on like the like the mid the middle of the country. And other parts I feel like um parts of the south part there like, there are yeah. a lot of uh Different parts of the country that don't have the most comprehensive sex education. So, this is more of a comment on that. And I just wasn't identifying with it because it was so different. It looked oh, like yeah. a parody. Like, and Paul was like, this is actually pretty realistic as to what
0: happens, like, or at least where he went to school. Yeah. Uh, so, she's talking about how, like, Uh, like a gift isn't a gift if you just give it away to everyone then it's a handout so if god gives you the most precious gift of all are you gonna give that away to the first boy who buys you roses and she's like and guys you have the same gift to give are you gonna give it to
1: the first girl who looks like she came out of a music video in my experience with teenage boys yes yes, they will absolutely
0: (laughs) do that yeah for sure
1: (laughs) um but then uh after this she uh meets up with her friends who are dating but in like the most absent way possible
0: okay this is one of my favorite scenes in the movie because they're like trying to have girl on girl sort of chit chat stuff not girl on girl that sounds sexual like (laughs) girly chit chat between the two of them uh while they're like watching another speaker and what she says is like something about like oh i've been so busy my mom is sick again so that's been bad but like Then she says, and that job I have, you know, I've just been so busy. The job never comes up again. I miss that. She's never at the job. We never find out what the job is. We don't know, has she stopped? Does she call into the job? Maybe she means, like, she has a job to take care of her mom? She presents it like they're two separate things. Like, in addition to my mom being sick, you know about how busy my job keeps me. Oh,
1: maybe her job is to speak at like elementary
0: schools and middle schools. Well, but she's at that job. Like, she's doing that. And then she says, that job I have. It's not a big deal, and maybe there was a deleted scene or something like that that explains it. It just, like, it drives home how fucking vague this character is, is that they allude to a job and then never mention it again. We never find anything else out about it. It's like they were like, oh, what do teenage girls have? Friends? School activities? Families? I don't know, maybe a job. Let's say she has one of those. And that's <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, that's rough. <laughs> um,
1: But while she's talking to her friends, she meets Toby,
0: who is dreamy adam brody like uh guy yeah his actor's name is hale appleman and he's currently the lead on the magicians is he the no lead no, no, on no 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 he plays
1: elliot that's i right. totally know who he is um i watched the first episode only i read the book getting
0: back on topic anyway he's in that check him out if you want to see what he's doing with his career now
1: um but like the music swells and clearly there's an attraction there
0: and then she rides her by home yeah and she's whistling. I had a little bit of a shade of uh, Halloween in this one because she's like going through her little suburban thing, humming and singing to herself. Oh, yeah, kind of like that. Lori when she's walking along.
1: And so she gets home and she goes to talk to her parents who actively tease her for being abstinent, which I thought was hilarious. Yeah. Her mom
0: and dad are like, well, you know, things were different when we were kids. And
1: she's like, they are different. She's, they're like, yeah, we're so glad. Anyway. <laughs> um, and then you hear like crazy metal music and like screamo shit coming from another room. And they're like, Aren't both our children blessings?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, her brother is the worst.
1: Yeah. And then that night, she, like, goes to the bathroom to brush her teeth and stuff like that. Her brother is just, like, standing in his underwear in the shower. And, like, when she opens it to get in, he, like, jumps out at her.
0: Yeah. It's real creepy. Just to, like, scare her. I guess maybe he was peeping on her since he's sexually obsessed with her. Yes, I think that both of those things are true. There's also a weird scene where she... Okay, so, like, she leans over to, like, spit out the toothpaste in this scene. And you can just see one of her, like, full-on boobs under her nightshirt. Oh, I missed that. It's weird how much they sexualize... I mean, I guess the movie is about sexual identity. But, like, even when she's still, like, super purity girl, they, like, still weirdly sexualize her.
1: Um, and then that night when she's, like, in her room studying and listening to music, her brother's just shooting a BB gun against the wall. Yeah. What
0: the hell? What a dick. But so the next... But okay, time- but the, the, the music she's listening to is about how you should wait for marriage because it's so close and then you'll be in love forever. And she's, like... I think she's making, like, a collage of wedding pictures or she something She does like have that. a bunch of them, like, taped over her bed. Literally, I cannot. And her, her shirt says, like, I'm waiting, and it has, like, an like an engagement ring on it. I cannot begin to express every part of this girl's personality in the par- first part of this movie is related to being a virgin. She has no other interests. If anyone has seen this movie, and you can email right on the Facebook page, tweet at us. One thing outside of either being a virgin or having her weird vagina dentata sexual identity happen. Or that she's in her interested. family. Right, I guess that, that does count. Outside of that, if you can identify one thing that she likes, we will give you a shout out on the next episode. Because I don't think that there are any other things. They <laughs> never, they, they don't explain her character at all. She's the main character of the movie. We know nothing about her. She is like Bella Swan levels of bland nothing character. No, you know what? I know what kind of like books Bella Swan likes because they at least mention those. Are they stupid? and fucking basic high school books that everyone has read, sure. But I know that she likes Wuthering Heights and that's one more thing that I know about her than I know about this fucking girl.
1: She likes that pop music she's listening to maybe and she likes dreaming about weddings. It's just about
0: virginity. That's That's all about virginity. She's dreaming about weddings because that's when she can finally fuck someone and she wants to fuck the hot guy she met at her virginity club. (laughs) And the music is about waiting to get married so that she can fuck a hot guy from virginity club. She has no other identity. Oh, I love you, Maggie.
1: <laughs> okay, um the next day she goes to school and apparently she's like the butt of a bunch of jokes. So everyone is like teasing her. Someone's like yells like what kind of soda do you have? We have cherry pop, that cherry and like, and like pops the soda's can.
0: Yeah. And then there's this guy Ryan who like he's getting like one of his friends is trying to like shove him at her and be like go talk to her, go talk yeah, so to her. Yeah, it seems like he has a crush on her. Yeah, but she gets away. Um, and in class that day, they're going over, like,
1: kind of sex ed stuff, but not really, but then there was, like, a mandate by the school board where they had to put giant
0: stickers over the diagram of the vagina because they weren't allowed to show what it actually looked like? I guess, and they're like, it's different, and the class is like, how is it different? And she's like, I think I can answer that. You see, we as women just have a natural modesty and then everyone the laughs like, at her
1: boos her and laughs at her yeah but
0: then dreamy toby who she i guess has never met before but now he's in all of her classes for some reason i think he was new to the school and is now in all of her classes for some reason <laughs> well yeah yeah at least in the sex ed class is like i think that's true also and everyone's like you guys are fucking lame and then they just like stare at each other for like 30 seconds and obviously like this relationship goes really far off the rails uh, in a little bit but like they do a great job of like portraying the sexual chemistry and like longing between the two of them and i think that it also does a good job of making it like making it clear how this like hyper focused like laser focus on virginity and purity makes it so that people can't healthily express their sex their sexuality and so she sort of makes it like this huge focus in her life and like she becomes so conflicted about having the sexual desire for this guy and like it it just really fucks with her head and then like when bad things happen later on it like completely destroys her as a person and like yeah some of that stuff would have been very very traumatic regardless of whether or not she was like into the purity bullshit i think all of it would have been well i mean but, but yes. it did have an
1: extra <laughs> layer to but, it where she thought that she was like unpure and like not a worthwhile person anymore because of it
0: right because like she can't actually actively go after what it is that she wants. And then when something bad happens to her that she doesn't want, she still feels like it's her fault that it happens. And it just, like, she is part of this whole culture that completely, like, removes women's agency and men's agency from themselves and the way that they determine their own sexuality.
1: So then after classes and stuff. Uh, Her friends who are dating, I know the guy's name is Phil, I don't remember the girl's name. I don't either. And uh, Don and Toby all go to the movies together and there's this scene where they try to figure out what movie to watch and they're like, there's this R-rated one, but we can't see that. And then Phil's like, I've heard really good things about it. I'm not saying we should see it, but I've heard it's good. They kind of stare at him. Then Don's like, well, we can't even see the PG-13 one because that's going to have heavy making out. So they go see like we don't actually see what's on screen, but it's clearly, like, a cartoon. It sounds like a Bugs Bunny thing. Yeah. There's, like, a lot of
0: sound effects. It reminded me of my first ever date, um, because the guy that I was going on the date with wanted to go see The Descent, which is supposed to be an amazing movie. But it was, the, Is
1: that the, uh, That's
0: the, like, cave diving horror movie. Yeah, I saw movie. that. Yeah, I've it's never good. seen it. I still have not seen it.
1: Also, it's, like, all women yeah. fighting things. That's he really right.
0: wanted to see it. I probably would have loved it, but it was rated R, and I was 15. <laughs> And I was like, I don't think I'm allowed to go see that. We did not end up dating on a long-term basis. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I always looked much older than I was. Also, you probably did, too. Oh, yeah. I for sure could have gotten into it. But like, I was new to the world of maybe lying to your mom about what movie you went to see. And my mom did not want me to see an R movie when I was 15.
1: My first date was to go see Be Kind Rewind.
0: Oh, that's fun. It was a good first date movie. We saw Fly Boys. That James Franco World War II movie? Never saw it. It was not good. Also, on the way out of the movie theater, and I won't say the guy's name because that would be really blown up a spot. I said, wow, I wonder how much of that was based on true stuff and how much of it was invented for the movie. And he said, yeah, I don't really like to talk about movies afterwards. And I was like, (laughs) what? (laughs) What? So that was my first date. <laughs> well done. Yeah. Anyway, um, their first date goes, I guess, a little bit better in that they just sort of stare at each other while their friends make out.
1: Yeah. And then, meanwhile, while she's on this purity cartoon movie date, we get to see the stepbrother who's uh, smoking out of a bong with his uh, girlfriend, kind of girl who is his... not his girlfriend.
0: Yeah. The person. He her name's Michelle, degrade. I think. He's really shitty to her.
1: Yeah, um, but he talks about how he has a scar on his finger and he has no idea how he got it, but he thinks that Dawn bit him.
0: Yeah, and she's like, a baby bit the tip of your finger off, and he's like, anyway, smoke this bomb.
1: Yeah, and then he insists on having anal sex with her, and she's like, you know, I have a perfectly fine pussy, right? And he's
0: like, then fuck somebody else, because yeah. he's the worst. And then he
1: tries to, like, feed her a dog biscuit. She's not into it, obviously. Yeah, no, this whole thing is so messed up. So yeah, she he's leaves. just like a
0: garbage human being. So then. Um Don and So Dawn and her friends and Toby all decide that they're gonna go to this little swimming hole. Yeah, it's like a little lake type thing. There's like a cave where people go to you know.
1: Yeah, there's just like a sleeping (laughs) bag in it. We don't see it yet, but there is. Um it actually looks a lot like uh the cliff jumping
0: spot over in Malibu State. Oh. Malibu Creek. Honestly it might be. It could be. I I think that they I don't know where they shot this at all. I don't remember. No idea. Um, And so Dawn and Toby are, like, talking about their virginities because this is the only subject Dawn ever talks about. Yeah, she has no other interest in life. This is it. And so she's like, yeah, I'm just waiting. It's going to be so special. I've always wanted to wait. And Toby's like, I'm a virgin, too. Well, no, I'm not. I'm a virgin in God's eyes, but I also had sex a year and a half ago.
1: He's like, but the guilt, I'm still
0: dealing with it. Yeah, and she's like, well, now your resolve is stronger because you know all of the dangers so he, you know how all the 16 year old boys in the world are concerned about the dangers yep. of sex
1: he ends up driving them all home and that night she like goes and like tucks her parents and she sees they're watching like a 1950s like a scary movie with a kind of claw monster guy yeah and that night she's in bed like thinking about toby and mm-hmm. starts and to like their
0: wedding and their wedding because that's the only way she can like masturbate or like think about getting turned on about him is like if she's thinking about them getting married and then having sex on their wedding and then i guess yeah and so she's fantasizing about that and like
1: goes to like touch herself and then like there's a shot of the claw monster from like the horror
0: movie her (laughs) parents were watching
1: (laughs) it's foreshadowing guys yeah and so she's like
0: nope not gonna do that it's unpure and so she ends up going in late to school the next day because I guess she's racked with guilt because of almost touching herself. Yeah, I don't know what's. On I don't that. either. But they're talking about mutations in rattlesnakes.
1: Yeah. And someone's like, "Was a rattlesnake just born with a rattle one day?" And they're like, "Maybe." And then uh, they're like, "But this is all about like how people change, um, how and, you adapt to your surroundings." But it's about all of you. And then Don walks in, and the teacher says something like, "Don, this is about
0: you, and you missed it." also foreshadowing yeah and uh then that's like the end of class She gets like they're at the very end i guess and then she so toby goes into the um changing room like the locker room at the school where there are infinite butts so many butts so many butts and he's like talking on his cell phone to don who's like Talking about how they're so attracted to each other and she doesn't think they can hang out anymore, even in a group. And this is the part where I got sad about, like, her being so into the purity thing. Because if you feel like your response to being 16 and super attracted to a hot guy from your school is we can never be around each other again. That's so sad. That's so, so sad. Yeah. <laughs> Holy
1: shit. And he's like, I agree, but it makes me sad.
0: Yeah. And she hears, um, she goes home that night, and she's, like, in a sad mood and disappointed. And she hears Brad and his girlfriend, like, screaming at each other. And Brad's talking about how, like, she's like, you love me. I know you love me. And Brad's like, I love your pussy. Which, no, I love that ass. That's what he says. <laughs> he doesn't say I love your pussy. That's, that would not be consistent with his preferences. It would not. That's true. Yeah. And so after Michelle, the girlfriend, leaves, she's like, okay, I'm, I'm going to go in and talk to him. So she goes in. And she's like, and listen... this is the next morning. Right, yeah. She's like, listen, I know that you and I have never been really, like, brother and sister, and I don't really know why that is, but, like, if you need to talk or anything, I'm here for you. I heard what happened. And he's like, oh, you know why we're not close.
1: And she's like, what? And then he, like... I don't remember exactly what he said, but he very heavily implies, like, the only reason why he's still living at home is because he knows that she wants to fuck
0: him. And so then he says, like, so why don't you sit your little ass down? This scene is honestly so... This is one of the funniest scenes, and it's just because of her acting. Because he says something about, like, why else do you think I'm living with these fucking assholes? And she goes, mom and and dad? (laughs) But she doesn't even say it in, like, an outraged way. She's just like, a, mom and dad? Like, what the fuck are you talking about? (laughs) And he's like, you know, I know who you're saving yourself for. And she goes, okay. And then leaves. <laughs> and she <laughs> just, just, like, like <laughs> kind of makes a face in the hallway, like, ugh. <laughs> she makes, like, a little scream noise. It's just, she is so funny in this one scene. This and then there's another scene that I think she's really funny in. Yeah.
1: Um, she has a couple, like, she acts she's good. really well. Did. Yeah,
0: There are no bad performances, honestly. Everyone in this movie is doing a good job with what they have. With what they have, yes. Yeah. I think, like, the brother does well in
1: terms of being, like, the ultimate douchebag. Like, again, he's, like,
0: a douchebag, but then in the few moments where it, like, almost borders on him having some actual emotion, he does a great job with it. That's true, yeah. He manages to somehow, I don't know, I mean, he is a huge monster, but, like, he seems like just a shitty human instead of, like, a caricature of a monster. He seems like a shitty human who's still human and not, like, a cartoon. Just, like, a weird fucked up kid.
1: But anyway, um... She gets, like, really freaked out, and she leaves the house, and she calls Toby, and is like, hey, let's meet up at that, like, watering hole area. Yeah. And so, uh, they get there, and she's like, I thought we could go swimming. And so she puts on, like, this very ruffly uh, swimsuit, like, one-piece thing, and he gets into his boxers, because he did not know they were going to go swimming and was not prepared. And they start, like, kissing in the water.
0: Yeah, and they're, like, making out, and he, like, grabs her boob, and she's like, no, Purity. Purity. (sighs) I like that she... Literally,
1: all she's, like, is, like, purity and, like, puts her hand up. And And they they have these, like, big-ass rings. Yeah, they
0: wear as if they're, like, wedding rings, but they're also red. Apparently, the whole crew of this movie also wore them all during shooting. Like, they all had their own uh, purity rings, and they wore them during the production of the movie. I hope they were also all abstinent during it. (laughs) I hope so, too.
1: Just because I think it would be funny. That would be funny. Um... And so then she swims into this cave and, like, finds the sleeping bag we mentioned earlier, just up on this rock. It's never explained, but
0: it's, like, a very clean-looking sleeping bag. Yeah, she just wraps it around herself. Because she's cold. And there is no world in which I could find a piece of fabric of any kind in a damp cave and then put it on my body. God, no. Would not happen. Never.
1: Um... And so, uh, he gets up on the rock with her and, like, gets in the sleeping bag and they start kissing. Mm-hmm. And she's like, let's stop and let's go. And then things take a turn.
0: He outright rapes her. Yeah, I don't want to describe is, this. No, I, I, we won't go into the detail of it, but, like, it is very realistic in the sense that, like, it's just a very, this is part of what makes it hard for me to view this as a horror comedy, because I feel 100% confident that there are women and girls who have had basically this exact same thing happen to them. And it is handled in a very realistic way. And that combined with an attempt at comedy is like... I, I the can't two get don't with go that. well together. No. It's
1: like, you can't turn rape into a joke. No. So that happens. Um, and he kind of like accidentally knocks her out at one point too. Yeah. And uh, when she realizes what's going on... Her vagina dentata whips into action. Yep. And, they... and uh, chomps his penis
0: off. Mm-hmm. Um, and he falls into the water. And there's a ton of blood. He does not come back up. She's freaking out. Yeah. And She's she like... just, like,
1: leaves and bikes home. She, like, waits for a long time seeing if he'll come back up. And he doesn't. She yeah. realizes, like, that she killed him.
0: Yeah, and so she leaves. Um, she goes back home, and she has, like, a breakdown. She, like, rips all of the wedding pictures, because she has, like, this these, all these collages of, like, weddings and brides and stuff and purity stuff all around her bed, and she rips it all down. And, yeah, she's clearly really upset, um, obviously. Yeah. Very justifiably.
1: And the next day, she's supposed to speak at another one of those, like, chastity convention things. Like, she's speaking to, like, a younger class, like maybe the middle school or something.
0: Yeah, and she gives a speech that ends up sounding like it's talking about, like... She talks about, like... There's something inside me and I don't know what it is and I don't know if I'm pure anymore. And like it ends up like the guy, some guy takes over from her on the stage, be like, okay, Dawn, thanks. Like
1: she's talking about the serpent and Adam and Eve. Yeah. And also like the children are like chanting these really weird things Yeah, the scene, too.
0: It's really bizarre. This is one of, I think, one of the better horror scenes where she's having like this breakdown because like, like I said earlier, she is identified, her whole identity is being a virgin. And now it's been ripped away. That's from her. been taken from her. And so she's having a fucking meltdown. And there's just this weird cult like chanting of all these people who are supposed to be part of the group that she's part of, and they just don't understand what she's going through.
1: Um but she leaves and ends up getting a ride home from Ryan. Yep. Um, the guy who had a crush on her. Yeah. And uh he kinda asks her out and she like says no
0: and runs <laughs> he away. He gives her his card. He does. She's like, What the fuck is this? <laughs> Understandably. Yeah. And so he, like, tries to go and ask her out again, um, and he follows her home to, like, go see her, and Brad answers and punches him in the face.
1: Being like, she's mine,
0: fuck off. Basically. He doesn't say it He exactly, doesn't exactly, but words. that's the idea.
1: But then she starts Googling and uh, learns about vagina dentata.
0: Yeah, and the way that she does this is she literally searches female genital mutation, and the first result and the only result that pops up is <laughs> vagina dentata, and it's all about vagina dentata. Which is like, um, I don't know, the internet was not that different in 2007. There are actual physical mutations that can occur in people's bodies. Vagina dentata is not one of them, so I feel like it would probably not be the first result. It's also not what comes up if you actually do Google that. Don't Google it, it's much more depressing. Yeah, it autocorrects it to something somehow so much sadder. Yeah. Anyway... Um, So she dis- she discovers from her research that the vagina dentata is a figure in mythology has been for a very long time, and that's probably what she has. So she decides she's going to go to a gynecologist to figure out what the hell's going on. She's never been to a gynecologist before, but somehow she manages to same day finds
1: the next day maybe it's the next after day after
0: the rape, the
1: same day as the uh... she goes like a Planned Parenthood-esque type thing yeah I and guess she that's gives true. like a fake name and stuff yeah. there I'm
0: pretty sure. So she goes in, and the gynecologist uh, is like, Oh, so this is your first time getting checked out, right? You don't even know what to expect, right? And she's like, Yeah, I guess not. He's like, Well, just relax. And he's like, We're going to test your flexibility and just Not a thing. No, not a thing at all. Not a thing that they do.
1: But so, yeah, he ends up sticking a lot of fingers.
0: Yeah, like four fingers. And he's hurting her.
1: And she's like, stop. And he, he's like, relax. And she's like, I can't. You're hurting me. And then uh, his fingers are chomped off.
0: Well, first, his whole hand is stuck in there for like a second. Way too long. Like a long Which time. Which this is supposed
1: to be one of those scenes that is um, comedic, I think. But it's not because something awful is happening to it her. It was like, I was just like feeling so viscerally uncomfortable. Yeah. And I was just like, this movie is making me want to
0: turn this off and not watch it. And I didn't even want to record this episode.
1: Yeah. Because I just felt so uncomfortable.
0: Yeah. It's not a... Comfy movie to watch, and if you don't watch it, that's fine. Don't watch it; it's not that good, and it's like eight dollars if you don't have Cinemax. So I paid eight dollars for this movie because I, I don't have paid Cinemax. eight dollars for this movie. I'm very upset about the decision. Yeah, I think I own it now. I don't want to own this fucking movie. nope anyway. Um, so she leaves. Because she's freaking out. Well, he's bleeding on the floor, missing multiple fingers. Yeah. So on the drive home, she sees what looks like Toby's car go by, but it's just some other guy driving a similar car. And then she starts to see all these police uh, cruisers go by, and she thinks she's being pulled over, but it turns out they're pulling somebody else over. And so she's like, I like. She decides she has to go back and see what happened at the like the pool. The, yeah. You know, the water and uh,
1: she goes back, and she sees the police are bringing up Toby's body. Because he seemingly died of a combination of, like, blood loss and shock and drowning. Probably drowning
0: as well, yeah. A
1: lot of things happened to him and he died. Yeah. So while she's looking at uh, Toby's body being pulled out of the water, um, we had to cut back to the house. And it turns out that her mother has, like, fallen on the ground and is, like, severely, like, very ill and something's wrong. And uh, in the background, you can just see um, Brad and his not-girlfriend having sex. Yeah. So um, the mom ends up getting
0: taken to the hospital, uh, and... And we see um, Dawn there with her stepfather. Um, So her dad is like, why don't you... Or her stepdad is like, why don't you go home, get some rest? Like, she'll want to have you sharp tomorrow. So she, instead of doing that, goes and sees Ryan, because she has Ryan's card. Yeah, and so uh, she
1: goes and she's like, I need someone to talk to. You're the only person who's available. Like, can we... like." I just am freaking out. And so he gives her, he lets her take a bath in his bathtub, a lot of bubbles and everything. He comes in, he's like, I promise I'm not looking, but my mom takes these when she's anxious. And she just like picks it up and takes it. Immediately. And she like comes
0: into this situation screaming about how like she's, she like, has hyperventilated herself into the police and like she has vagina dentata and like all of this crazy shit and like how a hero has to conquer them because that's like part of what she read online. And he's like, cool, all of that is great. Get in the bath, and then I'm going to try to fuck you afterwards. Like, he doesn't say that, but that's what happens. Yeah.
1: So uh, he gives her the pill, and um, she comes out, and he's lit all these candles. Oh, my God. There's so many candles in this place. And he has, like, champagne that he pops and pours for her and hands her a glass, and she's in her towel, and she's like, oh, my God. And she spills it all over herself because she's fucked up from the pill. She's really fucked up from the pill. (laughs) And she also has a sip of champagne, like, this usually amplifies it. Like Yeah a ton she's like this is what i always dreamed it would be like and then she like passes out on the bed
0: and then when she wakes up she is naked fully naked he is grabbing her boob and he has like a little finger vibrator which he is using to pleasure her yes this is not presented as being a violation in the movie No, it seemed like, yeah, the movie kind of presents this as if, like, this is the sweet consensual sex scene. But it's not, because she just took a fucking pill and then got so fucked up she couldn't even hold a glass of champagne. And And then then she was asleep. He took
1: the towel off of her and started touching her while she was unconscious. So that's gross. Yep. So to be fair, um, Mitchell Lichtenstein has admitted that the scene was a mistake and should have been done differently, which is good news. Um, at least that's according to a Vice article that I read that we'll uh, quote a couple of times later in this episode. That is good. It's very uncomfortable to watch
0: as a it viewer is in 2019. very uncomfortable.
1: I'm just happy that he doesn't, like, still stand by that decision.
0: That's true. But in spite of that, this is still viewed as like a. It's framed as a romantic scene in the movie. So he like yeah grabs a uh,
1: condom and starts having sex with her like without saying anything, and she's like oh wait, and he's like oh do you want me to stop? And she's like no, I guess we can. She's like no, but it
0: might. They might get you, and he's like what? And she's like you know the vagina dentata, and And he's 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 like I'll
1: be the hero, and she's
0: like okay, and apparently the the teeth do not go to town if. It is consensual sex. Yeah, it's like she's relaxed and stuff. Right. So they have lovely sex, it seems.
1: She seems Um, to enjoy it.
0: She does seem to enjoy it, which is weird because she's gone through... She's gone from being a total virgin who wanted to wait till marriage to going through a very traumatic sexual assault to being totally fine with just fucking this random guy that she barely knows.
1: I don't want to speak for every woman who's ever been assaulted however i feel like this is not the typical response
0: yeah i don't think that it is either and it's a little bit weird to me it kind of speaks to like not fully understanding how women interact with their own sexuality at all i mean we'll bring this up further on but
1: honestly she seems more upset about the fact that her vagina has teeth than she does about the fact that she was raped
0: and then assaulted by a gynecologist yeah she genuinely seems more upset about the fact that she killed toby than the fact that toby assaulted her yeah. Which is weird. Um, but again, she has no personality, so it's very hard to understand why she reacts to things in the way that she does. Yep. Um, so the next morning, Ryan and Dawn have sex again. Yeah. Um.
1: And, well, there's also, like, a scene of her staring at herself naked in the mirror, which is, it looks like that's the first time she's ever actually done that in that
0: way. Yeah, it does seem like and that. And she was, like,
1: actually appreciating her sexuality. That was a good moment. Yeah. But then she goes and she has sex with Ryan again. And then while they're having sex... This is baffling.
0: This part of the scene is just weird as fuck.
1: He sees that his phone is ringing. And so he answers it. He's like, yo, dude, you'll never guess what I'm doing right now. Mm-hmm. And he's like... And he also calls us like, hey, loser. Because uh, this guy has lost something. Mm-hmm. And his friend's like, no way. She's not there. And then Ryan's like, say something. And Don's like, No. Which is saying something, and he's like, "See?" And he's like, "Oh my god, I can't believe you did it!" And he's like, "Okay, bye." And they're still having sex, right? And she's like, "What the fuck was that?" <laughs> and he explains he had a bet to see um, if he could convince her to have sex, and she's like, "But I took like a sacred, a sacred. Uh, vow of abstinence." And he's like, "Well, clearly it wasn't that sacred because you're fucking me right now." To be fair, he doesn't know what has happened to her over the past like that's true forty-eight hours, but still. But it's still, like, a pretty douchey move. It's very douchey. So anyway, and she's like, what did you do? And then you hear, like, a crunching noise. And she's yep. like, and she rolls her eyes, and she's like, oh, fuck. And he, like, starts, like, whimpering slash, like, screaming. Yeah. And her response when she, like, rolls her eyes, and she's like, she says, like, oh, shit, or oh, fuck, or something like that. And then she, like, just gets up and, like, walks away with no pants on. Yeah. And, like, his penis, like, falls out of her. Ugh. And that, I thought, was actually a really funny moment. That part was kind of funny. Yeah. Her acting, again, made that, though. Like, yeah. all of the funny moments in this movie are
0: because she's just a really good actress. Yeah. So she goes home after this. Or she goes to the hospital to see her mom. Um. And when she gets there, she gives them her name. And they say, oh, oh, you're the daughter. And, like, it's clear that the mother has died. And we see her in the ho- in the hospital room with her mom. And she's crying. And then, um... We cut to their home where her dad or her stepfather, Bill, is kicking Brad out of the house. Or trying. Trying. And he's like, all right, it's time to go. Like, you gotta leave. And, like, I feel so bad for the stepdad. The stepdad is the only decent man in this entire movie. Yes. Yeah. I guess maybe the the friend is okay, but he's barely a character.
1: I mean, most of the characters are barely characters. Yeah.
0: But Bill is, like, a good guy who, like, clearly really loves Don, like, his own daughter.
1: Yeah. Um,. And so he tries to kick Brad out and is, like, he, uh, Brad's, like, you're gonna have to make me, and so he kind of, like, tries to, like... They get him, like, a wrestling thing? And so he grabs him, he's trying to, like, take him out of the room, mm-hmm. and Brad, like, uses his foot to unlatch his, unlatch his dog's, like, cage,
0: because mm-hmm. he has this Rottweiler named Mother. Yeah, who he, like, basically keeps caged all the time.
1: Yeah. And, uh, in this, um, the dog, like... Fights the dad and has him like pinned on the ground as if like he could tell the dog to like literally kill him there. Yeah. And he's like, I understand you're upset about your mother and he and Brad's like, I'm not upset about my mother. I'm upset because you made her my sister.
0: Yeah, and he's like, Oh, I was in love with her. Which yeah. is like that's a very you know, you were, like, fucked up seven, version idea nine of nine love of or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. To me this seems like something that like he developed feelings for her later on and then sort of backtracked it, you know? Also, like, how do either of
1: them actually have emotions? Because they don't really, aren't good at showing very many emotions in this right. movie.
0: Right. Yeah. They're, that's another thing. It's like, there's no reason. They barely interact in this movie. There's no reason. I don't know. It's weird. It's or, I mean, they interact in this movie, but it's clear that they don't interact normally. She's honestly,
1: she is an attractive person, but she has zero personality. And I don't mm-hmm. know how you love uh,
0: a yeah. no personality. I don't know. Um, And so, Brad. Doesn't leave, but Bill leaves, and he goes back to the the hospital. Yeah, he lets the dog off and like yeah. lets Bill go. And so Bill meets up with Dawn and Melanie, not Michelle, as I've been saying. Melanie is uh Brad's girlfriend, kind of. She's kind blonde of girl, and has bangs. Yeah, and I
1: was watching this, being like, do they think people with bangs are like sluts because I have bangs?
0: <laughs> I don't think that's a message in this movie. I was afraid it was. <laughs> Yes, that's the real theme of this movie, is how slutty gr- blonde girls with bangs are. Well, shit. Yeah. Um, and so Melanie, like, apologizes to Dawn because she says, I'm sorry, like, we were there and I, you know, we heard I heard her, her like, screaming. We heard
1: her, like, making noises or scream or something like that. But Brad says that she just does that all the time and so we didn't
0: do anything. yeah and so don is pissed don is very pissed and she goes home and she has a brilliant plan for revenge yep so she gets all dressed up in this white dress Mm -hmm. uh
1: puts on a ton of makeup and then goes to brad's room
0: yeah and she's she seduces him she's like it's time now and he's like why are you doing this now and she's like shut up and he like tries to have anal sex with her and she's like no she tries to like yeah, he, like, tries to, like,
1: flip her around. And she's like, no. And, like, pushes him off and, like, gets back to the position where she is. And he's, like, okay, I guess.
0: Yeah. And so while they're having sex, he remembers what actually yeah, happened when he lost. he puts his lost... finger, like, on
1: her lips. Yeah. And then looks at his finger and looks at her teeth. And then, like, remembers baby Dawn, like, three or four-year-old Dawn. And remembers exactly what it was. Mm-hmm. And then you hear that chomping noise. Yep.
0: And uh, she bites his penis off. It falls on the ground. The dog gets it and yeah. eats it in front of him. Yep, but then spits out the tip with the piercing on it. Yeah, he has a pierced dick, of course. Of course he has a pierced dick. And so uh, Don leaves and bikes away. And her uh, her bike tire gets a hole in it, and so she stops and she like flags down a car to hitchhike. She gets a lift from this creepy old guy. She falls asleep in his car. And she wakes up later after dark at a gas station. She tries to get out, and he keeps locking the doors and locking the doors. She tries to open it and locks the door. And he's like pretty old he's very old he's like and he looks at her
1: and like licks his lips and like hey and like
0: sticks his tongue out and he's oh my god he's so gross he doesn't say anything he just makes a bunch of gross faces he
1: doesn't and she's just like "Eh," and she like kind of like looks like she has an idea and kind of smiles and like looks at the camera implying that she's gonna have sex with him and cut his dick off yep and that's the end of the movie and i just want to say that she could he's old enough that like she doesn't have to do that she could get out
0: here's the thing that one of my main problems with the concept of this being like a woman taking revenge on men for sexual violence against her by using her body to kill them right first off the only guy that she ever intentionally has revenge murder sex with is brad yes that is the only intentional castration who despite wanting to have sex with her never forces himself on her
1: except for when he uh Touches her
0: as children. Yes, as a child. That is true. That is definitely true. That's a good point. But in the context of them as adults who fully understand morality and right and wrong and all that shit, he doesn't do that. She takes revenge on him for something completely unrelated to sex. And then later on, when she starts to actually incorporate the two together, she still has to have the sex with that old man in order to chop his dick off. She can't just punish the man for trying to rape her in some gory way he has to be able to actually do it and then she can get her revenge on it so she never even is free from the constant threat of sexual assault because it still has to occur for her to get her revenge and so i uh read
1: a book that i mentioned i believe earlier in this episode um and it's called rape revenge films and it's all, it's a film critique book, and it talks about a lot of movies that Mm -hmm. feature rape-revenge themes. And uh, the author, who is Alexandra Heller-Nicholas, she actually says something along the lines of how, like, at the... The fact that the movie... Gives her this ability, but, like, at the expense of her being able to enjoy sex, like,
0: makes teeth, like, very far from unproblematic. Well, I guess she can technically still enjoy sex, because she does have... Yeah, but the movie she... doesn't ever let her enjoy sex, really, aside from the it one time. It seems like she is
1: never going to be allowed to, because right. that's not her role. And, like, right. men apparently have an undeniable need to assault her.
0: Yeah, it's very weird. It is like, weird. Like, I realize that sexual assault is much more common than a lot of people realize. Like, it is a very serious thing, and a lot of women are attacked multiple times in their life. But, like, four times in 48 hours seems it's a, like a lot. Yeah, it's a very short time period, and it just happens nonstop. And the fact that there are, f- I guess, four, one of which is implied that it's going to happen, assault or molestation scenes in this movie? Three of which happen... In, like, a 48
1: hour to 72 hour time span. Yeah. And that doesn't include the. Like, that actually, no, it's four within that time period because you have Toby, you have Ryan, you have the gynecologist, and then the creepy old man, and all of that's within 72 hours.
0: And it kind of makes it even worse that, like, even the one that's supposed to be consensual now cannot be viewed as a no call that consensual in 2019. Right. I feel like even in 2007 it was iffy. I mean, people definitely should have known that you can't, like... They should Start have. feeling up an unconscious girl who's on sleeping medication. Yeah. Like, that shouldn't have been, like, fucking groundbreaking.
1: No, it should not have been. That should have been common sense, but... Yeah.
0: But I guess no one knew how to handle themselves before 2015 or whatever.
1: Ugh. So, that being said, there are some interesting things this movie takes from. It does do some interesting things, and there are a lot of people who consider this like
0: a really good feminist horror movie. And I do think that there, the basic idea behind it is an interesting one, and it could easily be approached from a feminist perspective, and I think that there is sort of a feminist feeling behind it. And like
1: Maggie said earlier, like Jennifer's Body is a really good example of a movie with a very similar plot, but done better.
0: Yeah, and I realized that in that movie Jennifer is not a like you can't really root for her because she becomes like an outright villain by the end of it and she's just assaulting and murdering and eating men for just because she likes it. Um, She becomes a succubus. Exactly. But in this, I I get that like they're trying to make, uh, like she talks a lot about, um, like there's a a scene of her reading about uh, Gorgons, so there's like the idea of like these Mythical monsters who destroy men f- just for looking at them or whatever. And one of my favorite things I love seeing pop up on my Facebook timeline is about how, like,
1: sirens and gorgons, like, all they did was fucking exist, and men were like,
0: I need this. And they went searching after them and died, and that was their fault. <laughs> exactly. And there's a, a, a um, quote from Mitchell Lichtenstein uh, that you put into our, our um, outline that I like kind of, it's not very well articulated, but he says, um, and I thought, when you create a female monster, I think that comes from a male fear projected onto women. But if you go back to the original metaphor of the toothed vagina, then you're automatically, I think, showing that it only says something about men and their attitudes, attitude towards women. And it doesn't have anything to do with the qualities of women. So I think it's interesting to go back to that and face the original metaphor. I don't think you could have done that in film until now, just because of I don't think people would show it. And I guess, there, I mean, there's a lot of ums and I thinks and stuff in there, but I think that what he's trying to say is that, like, when you present the idea of a woman with vagina dentata as a monster and just focus on the damage that she does to men, you're overlooking the fact that if the men just left her alone, she wouldn't be a threat to them. It's true. It's and- a protection thing that becomes, like, a threat because they just can't leave her alone.
1: Yeah, and you can actually even see um, people who are sympathizing with the men over her as, like, male reviewers after this movie came out. So so the Vice article I mentioned earlier, which is called Teeth is the Feminist Horror Classic that Men Tried to Sabotage, the author of this article um, writes here that Unsurprisingly, this metaphor for consent was somewhat lost in the mostly male critics reviewing the film. Here's film critic Jim Emerson on a pivotal rape scene from the film. And he wrote, Because there's such unprincipled horn dogs who won't take no for an answer, the movie suggests they deserve what they get. Still, when Don's first full frontal victim looks down to find he's not even half the man he used to be, he seems genuinely hurt, by the rejection as much as the castration. In a bloody, nightmarish, young, romantic way, it's kind of touching. He
0: just raped her.
1: He not only just raped her... But the dialogue is Don saying, get off, and him saying, no, you don't have to do anything. And her being like, no, no, stop this.
0: Yeah, it's very clear. It's not ambiguous at
1: all. It is not even slightly ambiguous. But he is, like, sympathizing with this
0: guy who got his penis ripped off. And, like, all he had to do is not rape her. Exactly. He would have been fine. Even consensual sex is not a problem. Like, she's not unsexable you just have to do it on her terms which is how sex should be had anyway yeah the only way to do it (laughs) and i do think that that's interesting because it's almost like this like he's deliberately trying to tell a story in which you're forced to view the female quote-unquote monster as a human who's having these things done to her instead of someone who is intentionally going after men and trying to hurt them Or eventually maybe does kind of go after men and try to hurt them if that's what we're led to believe about what's going to happen in her future, but because of the things that she's been through, right? And so I
1: think this leads really well into um, the theories behind the myth of vagina dentata. Nice. And, like, what... It represents, mm-hmm. And one of my favorite interpretations is um, there's a book called The Wimp Factor by Stephen J. Ducat, and he says that he thinks the uh, that these myths express the threat that sexual intercourse poses for men who, although entering triumphantly, always leave diminished. I love that so much. Are
0: you saying that the idea behind Vagina Dentata is men trying to explain why their dicks are smaller after sex? Yeah, because they, they start so
1: triumphantly and like the woman takes something away from them. <laughs> So that is um, one of my my favorite theories about it. I definitely found that on Wikipedia, and I still love it. Oh, my God. That's incredible. Um, But also there's a book called The Monstrous Feminine Film, Feminism, and Psychoanalysis. And this actually came out in 1993. Um, So this was before Teeth came out or was written. Um, But this quote is cited in the Rape Revenge film book. Barbara Creed notes that the myth about woman as castrator clearly points to male fears and fantasies about the female genitals as a trap, a black hole which threatens to swallow them up and cut them into pieces.
0: And so I do get that, like, Lichtenstein is trying to sort of turn that on its head, right? Yeah. That's clearly what his goal is with this. I don't think he is successful just because of how off the tone is. Yeah, it seems to make light
1: of the... Horrifically depicted violent scenes. Yeah. Which it's just, I felt so uncomfortable and I couldn't enjoy the humorous aspects
0: because I just felt so physically uncomfortable watching this. Right. And also, like I've mentioned multiple times, like there is no time spent on her as a person. And I think that if you want to talk about how. In spite of this thing that, like, she has inside of her, she is still a human, and you can't just judge her as a monster because of the results, like, the final result. You have to look at, like, why things happened in her as a human and all that stuff. That only really sort of works if she is interesting as a human. Like, it doesn't narratively come through nearly as clearly when she's just this sort of shell of a person who is only identifiable by her sexuality, or lack thereof.
1: Yeah, so when you whittle a the character who's supposed to be the strong female character of this into her sexuality and nothing else, you can't really call that feminism.
0: And I don't even think that she needs to be a strong female character. I think that there's something to be said for having her as this very vulnerable girl, because I think that Especially if something is presented as like a monstrous trait, having that be something that is applied to a very innocent and like sweet and sort of naive and fragile person drives home how much like she's not a monster, she's just this poor girl who doesn't know what's happening to her. But give her a personality trait that's not how she feels about sex. Right. And honestly, like, in the first part of the movie, not only is she naive and innocent, she's, like, unlikable. She comes across as, like, judgmental and holier than thou and really unpleasant.
1: I understand that he's trying to make a statement on how not great absence only education is and all of that jazz and how you can't just completely reject this part of you because then you can't have any understanding of it and all that. But at the same time, it seems like it's also trying to openly insult anyone who chooses to be abstinent, which is like everyone should be able to make their own choice. Right.
0: And I, I mean, I get, I get the particular culture that he's critiquing, but I feel like then you can't turn it around and be like, it just, there's so much happening because it's like, so, oh, so she's an uptight nightmare because she's so into abstinence. But then when she actually does get into a sexual situation, like, and, and I don't, then it's even further muddied because, like, her first quote unquote sexual situation is a rape. So it's like, it's just reinforcing sex is this evil, bad thing through her vagi- vagina dentata experience. And then the first time you hear that, like, I'm not going to judge you for whatever
1: happened comes from the, and she like looks relieved when she is told yeah. that, it comes from the gynecologist
0: who assaults her. Right. And I do think that there's something to say, like you said, about like, if you don't know about that side of yourself, then it's going to become dangerous or threatening. And the time that she is actually open to it and approaches it in a healthy and consensual way that's like good for her then it's enjoyable and it's not dangerous or risky or unpleasant that's sort of nice but then it sort of doubles back on itself by actually making him an asshole and the whole murky consent stuff at the beginning of that scene sort of undermines that anyway yeah i just i left this film
1: not feeling good one i don't have a desire to ever watch this movie. No, and I don't feel
0: about this the way that I feel about something like, um, like we talked about with Hereditary, like I don't really want to watch it again for a while, but I like that movie. I think that it's a beautifully done movie. I don't feel that way about this movie. No,
1: and I think that Mitchell Lichtenstein, he was the writer, the director, and the producer. Like No, there was another producer on it. There was a second producer, producer, but he also produced it. Right. And... I wish a woman had been involved somewhere. So maybe she could have been like, hey, maybe some of these things aren't actually true to the female experience that you're trying to portray. So yeah, that's one
0: thing. I think if you're going to write a movie that's partially about the female sexual experience, you should probably talk to a woman about it. Yeah. And then too, like,
1: I think that he did have really good intentions and he tried to say a lot, but I don't think he said any of it quite right.
0: Yeah. I, I agree with you. It, this feels like something that, um, if this script was the first draft... And then somebody else went through it and was like, here's all the stuff you have to change to make this work.
1: This seems like
0: it could have been the first step to a movie that was awesome. This seems like it could have turned into something really great. If somebody had been like, why don't we cut down on the brutal graphic rape scenes, eliminate some of the confusing humor and give the lead character a personality, that would have gone a long way.
1: Yeah, there are just, like, a handful of small changes that would have been perfect.
0: I mean, I think that giving the main character a personality is a fairly big change. But it's not that hard (laughs) to do. It's not, like, a structural change or anything like that. It's just, like, a a, you just have to be better at writing. Which is another problem with this is that it's not well-written. Like, none of the dialogue is well-written. No. Not particularly. Like, it's clunky and awkward and people don't talk the way that they actually talk and, like... Again, this was written by a guy in his late 40s, early 50s. About teenagers. When do you think the last time
1: that he talked to a teenage girl was? Especially talk to a teenage girl about sex. Right.
0: I mean, ideally, men in their 50s should not be talking to female girls about sex unless it's it's their daughter. daughter, Sure. But, like, he doesn't seem like he knows how people talk to each other. All of the performances are good in spite of the material that they were given. The actors were killer. All of them. They all did a great job. Um, And so something that I
1: find humorous about this movie is it had a really hard time getting made. Yes. And uh, for example, um, and this also comes from that Vice article I mentioned earlier. um, It talks about how there is a local film commissioner that took them around where this movie was filming. And how he took them to a bunch of locations. And then he uh, found out what the movie was about, read the script, and then was like, never mind, I don't want to help you with this, and called every single location to say, hey, they're shooting a porno, you don't want to rent this place to them. And this could be the result of two different scenarios, or potentially a third scenario I'm not thinking of. And one could be just that, like, he hated the idea of helping a movie specifically about Vagina dentata get made. But the other possibility is he saw that this movie involves four molestations, sex that's not really consensual, It's uh, kind of. I don't know how to describe what happens with Ryan. Yeah, that's
0: so weird. Um,
1: Because, like, All I had to do was not
0: give her a sleeping pill, and that would have been a fine scene. If she'd been awake, I just feel like they didn't know how to actually do the foreplay. Like, how to get them to have sex, so they just sort of did right. a weird cut. And, like, if there's just, like, regular
1: foreplay and then they had sex and it was fine and not an issue, great. Um, But the point is that there's a lot of sex. Most of it is unconsensual or her being, like, assaulted in some way. Yeah. And, like, someone might have just been like, this is really gruesome, and not just because of penises being chopped off, but because of the scenes of violence against her, I don't support this for that reason. Yeah. And that's not misogyny. All the articles that you read about the fact that this had a hard time getting made, blame because, like, oh, men like themselves too much and don't believe in women and don't want to see movies
0: about penises being ripped off. Again, there's a bloody stump of a penis squirting blood for, like, a long time in this movie.
1: There is, but I don't think that was the only reason why people didn't want to make this. Right. I think just the pure amount of graphic violence that, like, feels real. Right. That alone is the reason that I wouldn't personally want to make this movie. Exactly.
0: Like, I think that there are massive flaws with this, and they probably stood out in the script.
1: Yeah, and so it's just... But
0: it's funny that they just blame this very one specific thing, which I'm sure was a part of it. Don't get me wrong. And I also don't think that you need to be, like I said earlier, I don't think that you need to be a sexist or a misogynist to not want to be involved with a movie with a graphic close-up of a penis squirting blood everywhere. Also true, (laughs) yeah. That's just, it's it's gross, and it's, I don't, I mean... But
1: according to some of these articles and stuff like that, that's what it makes you if
0: you don't want to be involved, which I think is odd. I don't know. I mean, like, I get what this movie is going for, and I... Semi appreciate, respect it, sort of. It just needed a lot of help to get there in a better way. And we did enjoy this when we were eighteen, sure, yeah, when we were young and we watched it, you know.
1: But I mean, you live and you learn and you grow. I'm sure. I mean, again, Mitchell Lichtenstein said that he regret some of the choices he made. Sure. Um, I mean, I regret some of the choices I made ten years ago too. Yeah. Um, so like. I think that this this movie were made today it'd probably be better. But also I don't think I'd want to watch it again.
0: No. I, I don't I mean, now it's hard to separate. Like if this movie hadn't come out in two thousand seven and it came out today, I think it would probably be a very different story or it wouldn't have gotten made. Yeah. I think that it would probably be I also think that we're in a bit of a renaissance of horror movies right now, so I think we that are, it would all be really better. Good. You know?
1: Yeah. Or it wouldn't be made or it would just flop even worse than
0: it did because Yeah. There's so many amazing options in horror right now. Right. Um, all right. Anything so, else that you want to say about this movie? Um, next week, it's still going to be a very intense movie, but in a much more enjoyable way.
1: Oh yeah, I love this movie. I'm happy to be watching it. I'm really excited to see it. Um, but we're going to visit our friend Hanny. Good old Hanny Al. H- Hanny B Lee. I oh, don't
0: know. Hello, Clarice. Um, we're gonna be watching Silence of the Lambs. Yeah, we are. I'm really excited. It's been a while since I've seen Silence of the Lambs, and I really like it. So uh, that's what we're going to be doing next week. Uh, Hopefully you've seen it. If you haven't seen it, come on. (laughs) I mean, watch it. It's a classic.
1: The book is also really good. I read the book before I watched the movie. Ooh, I got to read the book. I read it in high school. It's been a long time. Maybe I'll read it before we do the next. uh... I think it's a pretty quick read. It's a pretty quick thriller. Sweet. I'll check it out. Um, But anyway, until then. Uh, Stay safe. Um, stay away from, uh, Vaggie McBitey.
0: Um,
1: Unless you have one, in which case, enjoy it.
0: Get out there, girl. <laughs> enjoy yourself. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, okay, yeah, we'll talk to you next time. We love you very much. Uh, drive safe and text us when you get there. Bye, friends. Mwah!